welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 155. I'm your host, Ryan Black, and I am joined by my co-host, Joshua Taylor. And we are back, and we are playing with power. Joshua, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Good, good. Uh, so, we have a guest with us today. Uh, we have a, a dad, a very special dad, a very Nintendo dad. <laughs> Marty Estes, welcome to the show. Hey guys, it is awesome to be here. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've been on, and apparently last time I wasn't so bad that you decided never again. So here I am. <laughs> even if uh, even if you prefer uh, Mario Kart 64 over uh, Kid Kong Racing, you know. Well, that, well. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I mean, now I gotta be a part shots, of this. Man, you're trying to stir the pot immediately. <laughs> like from the very beginning of this. I like it. I like it. This is gonna be good. We're gonna have a great time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, welcome to the show. Um, it's great to have you on. Uh, it's good to see your face again. Uh, it's been a been a while. Um, I don't get get onto the live stream or anything for uh, the Nintendo Dads as often as I'd like. So it's uh, good to see you and uh, glad to see you're in good health. Um, yeah. So uh, before I don't know we about see you. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I am approaching 40 now, which I've learned that the, the closer you get to 40, the more you feel like you're going to die at any moment. Like, it's just going to happen. That's what you've got to look forward to, guys. I got 10 years. <laughs> there you go. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> Young whippersnappers. Millennials. Here, I'm worrying about 32. I'm, I'm technically an 80s baby. I was born in 89. 88 Well, myself. I was nine. So that's, I mean, that's, that's okay. It's okay. Just as long as you don't call me a boomer, we're, we're good. All right? <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get into what we've been radical rexing about. All right, Josh, kick us off, man. Like, I got to know, what are you radical rexing about? Oh, oh, I wasn't ready. Um, well, <laughs> it, from a gaming perspective, I've been pretty stinking busy. But with the recent eShop sale, I picked up Okami, which isn't always my style, <laughs> but I actually really like it. It, it kind of reminds me of Twilight Princess, though, um, hmm. which isn't a bad thing. But It's a yeah, very solid set. pick, though. Yeah, Yeah, I'm about six hours into it or so. Um, so I'm figuring it out. There's a couple parts I've gotten stuck at. Kind of feel like I've wandered around doing a bunch of nothing for some time, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I like it. Um, other than that, I'm just kind of hopping around into whatever. Um, finished ukulele for the second time. Fully completed it. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot going on in the regular work, other work, and family stuff and what have you. Now, when you say ukulele, you mean the first one, right? Not not the yes, layer? The, okay. the first one. I mean, I finished Impossible Layer as well, but I haven't finished it a second time. Okay. It'll come. Yeah. yeah you still got to work on that uh, that perfect run with the no bees. Yeah, that's going to be a while. I, I, <laughs> I won't see my plan on that yet, but I, I do plan <laughs> on trying to make that happen in the future. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, what I've been getting into lately... Um, I bought my sister-in-law. We we had Thanksgiving. And we we rolled my in-laws Christmas and Thanksgiving every other year into one thing. 
So um, there was the sale going on that day, and so I, I got my uh, sister-in-law. I got her um, Rocket League, and I got her Killer Queen Black, and uh, she's enjoying both of them. Uh, she had to borrow my Joy-Con, though, because her, her Joy-Con uh, shoulder button wasn't working, so she couldn't actually drive the vehicle. <laughs> it actually, she hit the button, and it'd go to the home menu, weirdly enough. Like, <laughs> it's the strangest thing. <laughs> it turned it into a home button for some reason. <laughs> that is weird. It really shouldn't do that. <laughs> now there, um, there's some internal damage there i'm feeling like <laughs> may have been thrown i don't know um but uh i have uh i did download um ori in the blind forest um mm-hmm. jacob said he'd get, get it for me for christmas and uh he said you know if it's on sale like grab it and i'll, I'll reimburse you for it so like, i picked it up i haven't played it yet because i have been getting to another present that i got recently for my birthday uh which was in january uh, it was a limited run thing, so we got it much later than expected. Um, that is Iconoclasts. Um, and I'm enjoying playing that. I did a couple streams on it. and Come on, man. That that game is fantastic. It's, it <laughs> is like, it's one of my top hidden gems on the Switch. I'm enjoying it a lot. I like how solid it feels already. And like the story, the characters seem interesting to me. I uh, I got that on like a Thursday night after uh, Justin mentioned it on, over on our show mm-hmm. and finished it on Saturday evening. Nice. And like, like I didn't even play it until Friday afternoon. So that should tell you something there. Like I could not put it down. It's been a really long time since I've I've played a game like that where I just could not put it down. And the story is, is so weird, but like, after after I finished it, I had so many questions. Like I just want I wanted to talk about it so much. And it kind of creeped me out too. I'm not gonna lie. Like there was yeah. it was I don't know. Uh, but if how would you describe this game? Like I always described it as like Mega Man meets Metroid. Yeah, I can see that in a lot of ways. Um, the characters and the the. Um Really, the world building that they did reminds me somewhat of Shantae, um, which is yes. some of the character interactions and everything. And just like some of the movements sometimes feel like Shantae-esque. But yeah, it definitely has that Metroid-style progression and uh, that Mega Man uh, flair as well. Um, the different weapons you can choose and stuff like that kind of reminds me of that, too. So um, it's interesting you get a melee weapon and like a, an actual like blasting weapon of sorts. So I like that versatility. Um yeah. Yeah, and no. not like kudos to the to the to the developers though. Like it's the game feels so good. Like the controls are just impeccably tight. Yeah. And I I think that's part of the reason that I could not put it down is just that I like it was so fun to play that I just couldn't stop. Yeah, it's pretty fluid in the movements. Like especially if you're like experienced with Metroid and stuff, like you'll pick it up and you'll love it. Like I've, yeah. I love what I've, I've played so far. So definitely a good pickup. I'm, I'm excited about that game. Um, can't wait to get more through it. Um, I was going to be playing it on stream. I think it was yesterday, but, uh, I ended up, uh, getting distracted by Xenoblade Chronicles two and fired that up again, try to figure it out. But you know, it's hard to go back to those RPGs when you've set them down for a while. So, well, Marty, that brings us to you. What are you radical Rexon about? Well, uh, I am Radical Rexon about uh, an indie game I picked up um, from the developers of uh, Fast Racing Neo or Fast yeah. RMX. Uh, the Shinin, I believe, is their name. They have a new game out on the Switch called The Tourist. 
Yeah. Which is a uh, like a 3D overworld exploration puzzle solving type game. Really, really good. Like I, I am about twenty five or thirty percent into it because I know that because it gives you your percentage on the on the title screen when you boot it up, and I still don't really know what's going on, but I am in love with the the art style of this game. Mm. Uh, it is it is like retro blocky Minecraft pixelated meets Tiny Tower. I don't know if you've ever played that game for for iOS or Tiny Death Star. Hmm. Uh, like all the characters are like cubes with legs, and uh, <laughs> you know the whole world looks very Minecrafty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like it's it's so ridiculous that like the graphics are are kind of lo-fi like that. But then there's like all these ridiculous lighting effects, uh, like the sun in the background, you know, shining through the trees and all this yeah. stuff. And it and it like it does it's it feels like it's very much a game you can play in bite-sized pieces. And so I don't like I don't want to give it away, but like. It, it's, it's I kind of feel like it's like your traditional Metroidvania type thing, like where you you know you progress in the game, you get an ability, and then it lets you do more, and then you go back to areas, and you can go explore different parts, and uh, you travel between these islands on a boat, and you get you you get tour guides that let you go to different places, and uh, it's just you're just some guy on vacation who is tasked with finding these power cores, and you have to find four of them. And so I'm, I've got about two of them and have, and you like, the way you do it is by defeating things by solving puzzles. Mm -hmm. And so there's, like I said, no actual combat, but you do, there is a roundabout way of combat, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like launching, hitting buttons to launch things at at enemies? Well, or or like outsmarting an enemy and causing them to push a button or look at something that they, that they're not supposed to look at or something like that. Yeah. Okay. It it gives it context. it, It was... Yeah, it was. It's it's super good. Like, and, but I think that, like, if you have to, I would say you probably have to really like the the game that this type of game because there are some things about it that I think are a little uh, detrimental. In one, there's like there's not really a hint system, mm-hmm. uh, okay. and so it can kind of be a little obscure as to what you're trying to do at any given time. You can also pick up multiple quests, uh, and a lot of times what will happen is is You'll you'll get into an area and it's like oh you're on a new island and you have no clue what to do, <laughs> and so you kind of just have to wander around and talk to people and look for anything odd and see if you can figure something out and then uh, usually what that will do is it'll trigger something else to happen and it'll be like you have to put all of these ingredients in to solve this puzzle to solve this puzzle to solve this puzzle to come back to the original thing you were trying to do. This is kind of the way you're describing it. Just kind of reminds me of like Super Nintendo days, me trying to figure out Pac-Man Two. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean, no idea what I, this I guy think, is trying to do. But I, I definitely think there's that retro vibe to it at, at, for for a f- specific reason. Like, I think that that's something that they meant to do, right? Yeah, because of the whole retro vibe of the entire game. But uh, it's it's I've not had a lot of gaming time over the last little bit so what i've been playing has been split between it and finishing luigi's mansion 3 which i finally did uh not 100 but uh got a b rank when i finished so i guess that's okay and then uh finally getting to the end or doing the second gym in pokemon sword and shield 
Nice. I'm 10 hours into the game. I've just done the second gym. So that should tell you something. Spend a lot of time in the wild. Not in the wild so much. It's just that like the, you know, like in the route, the, the different routes. So that like, if you miss a certain Pokemon, it'll tell you that. Oh, right? okay. oh you can go back and, it, and that infuriates me. Like I can't stand it. <laughs> you have to get it crawls that thing. All over me. So, so I'll go back and like right now, the one that is is killing me, or the one that I spent so much time on, and I know this is stupid because it's not like it's not even a like a really cool Pokemon, is in Route Three. There's a there's like a a fiery a fire centipede like Sizzlipede or something like that. Hmm. Took me forever to get one to appear. Huh. And on Route Five now it's the apple thing, the applin, and hmm. I want that real bad. Cause I yeah. don't like, I don't care what anybody says, like Pokemon that look like food and tools and other things. <laughs> that's my jam. Those are my Pokemon. Yeah. I, my- uh, I avoided most of the spoilers as far as like looking at what the pick the Pokemon look like. So if I see names or something that could, I don't even know if they're actually Pokemon or not, but, um, I did see one today that just made me laugh. Um, it was a picture of like, isn't there like a Pokemon, a me type thing where you can like have Pokemon interact with each other. And like, they say they're interested in each other and stuff like that. There's some kind of feature with that. There's there's a camping thing that you can do. Maybe that was it. Um, they had a lampant, and uh, I guess there's a moth Pokemon, uh, a new moth Pokemon, and it showed it was interested in the lamp. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, really. <laughs> no surprise. So if you've not seen the Apple Pokemon, you need to you need to look that one up. That's a good one. It is. Uh, it's an Apple Pokemon where the the the, the leaves stick up like this and there's like eyes in the leaves and it has a worm coming out its butt. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like that's what props it up. Okay. It's called Applin. It's mm. the best, it's the best Pokemon ever. <laughs> I hear that the, uh, the characters, or the Pokemon designs are really good in this game. So I can't wait to jump into that. It's a Christmas game for me. So, so okay. So later. let me, let me, okay. This radical Rex and right. Like I love the British yeah. Pokemon. I love it. I love these these like more so than any new Pokemon I've ever seen. I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. I mean, I say that as a disclaimer anytime mm-hmm. I talk about Pokemon anywhere. I'm not like a Pokemon super fan. I've never finished a Pokemon game. I didn't even finish Let's Go. And I was like bought it. And I was like, oh, I love this. I'm going to finish it. Nah. Something else mm-hmm. came along eventually. I've, I, and I still like I've got three gems left. I need to go back. I need to finish. But I love these British Pokemon. I love them. I've not seen one yet that I've been like, that's a terrible, terrible design for a Pokemon. I don't know. Some of the bugs, like I don't like bugs. I don't like bugs in real life. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't like bug Pokemon, but I mean, even they look good in this game. I don't, anyway, I, we can spend an hour talking about Pokemon if you want to, (laughs) even though I'm not a big fan, I can rant for a while about why, like, I don't get the, the hate for it, but that's okay. So you think it's a lot better than like Sun and Moon? I do, and I and I mean I played Sun and Moon, and my son played. Uh, he he extensively played uh, Ultra Moon, mm-hmm. and he he loves this. And like, in fact, he's about to be uh, Sword. We got the double pack. Yeah, and he's all the time like, "Dad, you gotta catch up to me. I got I got eight gems. I got you know I got I got level fifty six. Da da da." And I'm like, "I don't. How do you have the? Oh yeah, you're a kid." <laughs> <laughs> you have all the time in the world, you know. So, so I told him that, that I was like, well, you know, while you're catching the and training up the level 70 Gyarados you have, I'm working so you can have underwear to wear. 
I mean, come on. adulting. <laughs> yeah, part of being a Nintendo dad. <laughs> so that's what I'm radical racing about. Now that's just video games, and I'm not just going to say I'm not. I'm just going to say it, and then we'll move on because I can talk about it for a long time too. The freaking Mandalorian, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, my you, gosh. You, I finally you, got to see episode four last night and uh, I want more. I want more. Yeah, I've got to get caught up. I've only seen the first episode. Oh, dude. Let me just say this episode four for me, best episode of the series so far. It had everything. Great character awesome. development. More of that thing. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, that yeah. thing. Links to links to old Star Wars vehicles. Ooh. Yep. I'm not going there. I'm not telling you which one it is, but you're gonna love it. It's okay. gonna be fantastic. I, I still love the third the third episode so far is probably my favorite, but the, the third episode was very good as well. I would say it, three and four probably the best episodes of the series so far. The way three ended. I was sitting here with my wife, and it went off. And I was like, no, no, that can't be it. Keep going. <laughs> like, <"Wow."> yes. Yes. <laughs> and that, and that's something that, that they're sh- like, the Mandalorian being this good has given me such hope for, like, WandaVision and uh, the, the Winter Soldier series and all of that. Like, I can't wait. Oh, it's yeah. going to be so good. Good. I'm glad that Disney's uh, doing doing it justice. That's something yeah, I was worried and, about. And, and on top of that, if you've got Disney Plus and you're not watching For- Forky Ask a Question, <laughs> oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> get a life and go do that. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's so our, good. It's on our watch list. It's so good. <laughs> like, I knew it from the very minute it started, like with that voice of Forky Ask a Question. I knew it was going to be good. Like just that voice told me, I was like, yep, this is, I mean, it's, it's Forky and ham in most episodes. That's awesome. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) He got in one of the whole episodes. It was him and Mr. Purple pants. And that's one of my favorite toy story characters. Now, if they do one with Trixie, the dinosaur game over game over, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'll shut up now because I'll talk the whole time. <laughs> so we've got a we've got a big uh, Disney fan over here. It seems. <laughs> oh yeah, huge. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I I, I too enjoy Disney. Uh, that's my theme for Christmas this year. Uh, for oh, that's my Christmas tree has got like zoom zooms all throughout it. <laughs> we've got actually a uh, Buzz Lightyear is the topper. Like it looks like he's flying on top of the the Christmas tree. So. Oh, dude, that's really cool. <laughs> Man. I should have wore my my Mickey Mouse onesie my wife got me as a joke present a year or two ago. <laughs> we, um, my my daughter is and I, well, let me tie this back to video games. How about that? <laughs> um, my daughter's more than likely getting uh, the Disney Sum Sum Festival game. Okay. Uh, yes. For Christmas, so I don't really know what a Sum Sum is other than it's like a bean that looks like a Disney character. They're supposed uh, to be supposedly hamsters that are Disney characters. Oh, well, yeah, that okay, that yeah. kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, anyway, she's getting that, and I'm sure that I will have to play tons of that with her, which is fine. 
Yeah. It's okay. But I just thought I'd bring it back to video games. My wife plays the cell phone game a lot, so uh, it's There it's is natural. a cell phone game. I forgot about that. Yep, yep. And that is in the Switch version. Uh, you can use the touchscreen to play that game uh, without oh, all the micro stuff. So, yeah. She's going to love that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, anything anything Disney-related and cute, she loves. It's also got Mario Party elements to it, so with the mini games and stuff. So that's going to be a great thing for the family. Yes. Gosh, yes. I miss the uh, the yeah. epic Mickey games. Those were, those were pretty good. Have you ever you played what? those? I, I, my, I tried to get my son to play... Um, and this maybe this is a little retro here for you guys. Um, I try to get my son to play Mickey and the Castle of Illusion on our Genesis Mini. Oh yeah, one of the best games ever made. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it is. Oh yeah, it's good. And he he got like five minutes into it. He's like, man. Huh. <laughs> so the next time he showed me something he really liked, I was like, man. <laughs> Dad, I made an A on my spelling test. Man. <laughs> That's cool, but have you, you done offended Castle me? Illusion? <laughs> All right, guys. Um, before we get into the topic of the show, um, I've got a couple of voicemails we're going to play, uh, and then then uh, we uh, can get into the topic. I think actually Jake was probably the one that's going to kick off our topic. So um, I will play our first one. This one is from Isaac. Hey, guys. This is Isaac. I just want to call in and uh, say thanks again for taking my phone call a couple weeks, a couple of episodes back. I uh, just wanted to call in, though, uh, see what you guys' thoughts are on some news development. Uh, when it comes to uh, Metroid specifically, I uh, just saw recently there was a video on YouTube. I'll have to find the name of it again. I apologize. don't have it off the top of my head. But uh, they were talking about Retro Studios specifically. Um, I've been looking forward to Metroid Prime 4. Uh, said before i really enjoyed the metroid prime series but uh thought it was interesting they mentioned in this video that there's actually been some issues going back to retro studios there's been actually some evidence of different developers different employees that were leaving the company so i know that right now any kind of news for metroid prime 4 has kind of been scarce hasn't been very much there so just getting you guys' thoughts um what are your uh, thoughts on hearing this kind of news? Um, I don't know if there's any truth behind it, but it seems like it's kind of getting a little traction of some kind of issues if uh, Metroid Prime 4 is going to get delayed even more. Um, also, what are you guys' thoughts on the Metroid Prime series coming to the Switch? And I'm trying to remember. I know for sure I was on the Wii, but I don't think it was on the Wii U. Um, I was actually one of those people that didn't get a Wii U, so... Uh, just trying to think on that point, but just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, I'll try and send that through, uh, the link to the video on that, because I thought that was pretty interesting. I hope it's not true, because, uh, again, I'm looking forward to Metroid Prime 4. I uh, just want to get your guys' thoughts. All right, guys, take care. Okay, so uh, what are our thoughts on uh, Retro Studios and then just in general, like Metroid Prime 4 and uh, kind of the future of Metroid? Well, I can say it at least I'm I was very happy to hear that they got the reins back for that game because mm-hmm. I was a little bit worried when it was announced and we found out Retro wasn't, you know, in control of it because I've I've liked every game they put out unless there's something I'm forgetting so far. And I, I trust them with it. I was a little bit worried to 
put it in someone else's hands, to be honest. Um, so I'm happy about that, though. I, I've heard the rumors and such, too, and I know they haven't put out anything since, or at least truly new since Tropical Freeze in 2014. So I, I kind of feel like with that span, something happened there. I, obviously, I don't know exactly what. I'm just going off of rumors and things like that. Um, but it it is a little bit concerning. It's, it's If anything, I'm just trying to take comfort in the fact that they're apparently working on Metroid Prime 4. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not completely dead. Um, I would like to see maybe something else still get released or announced from that time period, whatever they were working on. Um, I don't want them want it to slow down Prime Four necessarily, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of the rumors are just exaggerated. There's definitely some big shakeups in the company. I mean, we're hearing a lot of people, like or a lot of reports of like, oh, this person joined Retro and is, is working on the project. You know, there was like, there was a music composer for like Metal Gear or something like that, um, and then there was the the guy that did like the halo character models and stuff. They talk about him working with retro and, and like they're pulling all these other people in and they're constantly looking for people to work on, on this project and other, maybe other retro projects, the games that never came during that span of nothing. Um, and the only thing we've gotten from retro is pictures of steak when everyone asks, has, you know, yeah. things going with Metroid prime and everything. So, uh, it's hard to tell. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, Marty? I, uh... Well, here's the deal. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the Prime version of Metroid. Mm-hmm. And I like, I just, like, I would rather it be that 2D retro style fusion esque. Like, I, I think that, that, like, personally, my, my feeling on the whole Metroid series is that Metroid Fusion was perfection pretty much for, for the series. And I, mm-hmm. I would wish that everything could be Metroid fusion, uh, or, you know, something along those lines from here on out. Um, so like I'm, I'm excited that we're getting a new Metroid, but on the other hand, like every time I hear Metroid prime four, it doesn't really just like turn my engine over. Right. So, yeah. uh, the, 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 the cool thing about that is, that it's a huge enough announcement that they were able to make it two years ago and it's still driving uh, interest for Nintendo, yeah. right? It's still yeah. driving tons of people. Um, so I don't know what to think. <laughs> That's the thing. Like there's, <laughs> there's so much non-information and misinformation out there. Yeah. I think that like people need to be very careful about what they hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 the main thing that I kind of want to emphasize is don't expect to see it anytime soon. I'm thinking like 2021, I, honestly, I'm thinking 2021 for a teaser. Yeah. It's or got its breath of, of the wild. It's got a breath of, of the like, wild the dev cycle. E3 2020, we may see like a teaser, like five seconds of footage with, we're still working. Right. Okay. Um, but like it being in the hands of retro, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. That's who it should have been with from the first get go. Like, I don't understand why they even thought that anybody other than, uh, rare 
or I mean, a retro needed to, to be in charge of this. Yeah. Because like, I get that they make great Donkey Kong games, but like, if that's going to take away from Metroid, I don't know. Like for me, Metroid's a higher on the higher IP scale than Donkey Kong. I hope enough of the staff that worked on the Metroid prime games are still a part of this. Um, the thing that bothers me is that there's so much, there's been so much time between, like you said, tropical freeze and anything new, like what in the world have they been doing? That's what I'm guessing kept them from taking prime four to begin with is they were like, Oh, they're busy working on whatever they were working on. They were busy working on whatever game, uh, was shown in that picture they gave to Reggie. Yeah. Where that robot oh yeah on the side I, I do remember that, that now has been shelved indefinitely because we need them to come in and save metroid prime 4 yeah yeah there's yeah i mean like you were saying i still feel like there's some bit of information that's just nobody knows and i don't know if we'll ever completely know until 20 years down the road when somebody speaks up about it <laughs> Yeah, and rumors circulating about like remakes and uh, ports and things of older games. I like, can totally see a remake happening. Like the 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 rumor specifically is Super Metroid remake. Yeah, I I totally see that happening. I totally see yeah. them getting. Who was it that Who was it that did Samus Returns? Was that Grezzo? Oh, um, I don't know. Now, I should know this, like, but I don't. That's a curveball, right? Yeah. Um, Hold on a second. Let me grab that box. <laughs> I was just going to Google it while while he's doing that. Uh, Mercury Stream okay. was the one who did it, uh, which I've never heard before. Um, mm-hmm. But I can totally see them doing another game, right? Yeah, they did a great yeah. job on it, too. I could totally see them taking that engine and doing Super Metroid. Well, that's even the next part of the story. And they, they've, I don't want to oh, give any spoilers, but they they hinted at going further with that story. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's my baby. I'm hoping they do a good job with it because, you know, that's that's a lot of nostalgia for me. Like, for the longest time, that was my oh, number well, one game. Like, I, I would say besides Metroid Fusion that there is no better Metroid game than, than Super Metroid. Yeah. So if they do it, like, they've got to do it absolutely right. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. got to find somebody who will do it absolutely right. But uh, I think that there's less likelihood of the Super Metroid remake than there is of Metroid Prime Trilogy. Like, I, mm. I fully believe that game was out there and packaged and ready. And they pulled it back Mm. so that they could wait and hype Metroid Prime 4 as it gets closer. You mean like like they did with Pikmin 4? Cool. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Pikmin 4. We got Pikmin 4, Ryan. (laughs) called Hey Pikmin. No way. (laughs) I still maintain to this day that that's Pikmin 4. Uh, quite possible. Uh, really, uh, <laughs> I, I would also be willing to to believe um, that somewhere in there there was possibly a Metroid game in development for 3DS, and maybe it gets moved to the Switch. Yeah, I and mean, we got Federation Force. I mean, that's something, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's something. Okay. It's it was okay. good for, for playing with friends. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not terrible. The timing was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. I mean, we, before that we had there was yeah. Just to you know, reference what Isaac said, like you didn't think there was anything on the Wii U. I mean, Nintendo yeah. Land did have a Metroid game, so there was something Metroid on the Wii U. Aside from the Wii eShop Wii U channel thing that they had for Metroid Prime Trilogy. All right. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've really seen. Um, just kind of broken pieces of, of the series, like windows into something that wasn't what we really wanted. Um, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What do you, do you think Metroid Prime Trilogy for Switch is real? Um, I would say at this point it has been talked about and but there's a lot of work that needs to go into that. It's three different games. They got to balance and work with the joy cons and everything. So, um, I don't think it's going to be ready, uh, this year for sure. Uh, next year, uh, tail end, if not definitely 2021, but then that's pushing like that. Maybe that does fit into your window. Like you think you're going to be a teaser of Metroid prime four. Maybe even the teaser is in the trilogy, you know, Justin, you know, I love what Justin said on Nintendo dads, you know, where he, he was talking about how like he thought that, you know, you play the game and you get like a teaser trailer at the end. If you play all three games, you know, all three of the trilogy and you get a teaser trailer and maybe a little bit of a demo to play a four. Um, that's that's a cool idea. And I think that could be yeah. timeline. Yeah, I think like as a major reward for for beating all three. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember talking about that. Uh, I think that I think you're right. Like if if, it, if the trilogy does come out, it does need to have a taste. Right. Even if it's just um, like an intro movie, that would be really cool. Oh, yes. Like maybe just like bridging the gap or whatever. They they surely are. I mean, they're, what, what people need to remember about Prime 4 is as bad as we want it. We Nintendo is going to get it right, number one. Uh, but as bad as we want it, they had to start over. Yeah, I know. Like and- they like. We're talking like they burned everything and started from zero percent. Yep. And as, as big of a, a production as this game should be, um, it's going to take a long time. And sorry. Right. Sorry, Joey Ferris. I know that it's breaking your heart and your mind a bit <laughs> to have to wait this long for nothing. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I feel you. Well, man. I mean, I like I, I know for Metroid fans, it, it sucks. I mean, it'd be like. For me, as a huge Mario game fan, like saying, hey, you know, the next Mario game is almost it's like it's coming. Oh, we we messed up and we've got to start all the way over and it's going to be another two to three years. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I know some people are even questioning whether it's even going to come to the switch. I believe it will come to the switch. Yeah. Will it maybe come to the switch like Breath of the Wild came to the Wii U? Maybe. Or Twilight Princess before that. (laughs) You know, yeah. yeah, Nintendo has a history of that. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't look for it at E3 this next year unless it's just like a teaser thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's way too soon for the Game Awards. But, but I also think that people need to, like, pe- and when I say people, I don't mean, like, people asking questions like Isaac. I'm just saying people in general, right? Like, people in general, trust Retro and let them do their work, right? Yeah. Like, they'll show you something when it's ready. That's the Nintendo way. And we know it'll be good. And we know it will be good, right? Yeah, I I trust them with this. This I wouldn't trust anyone else, or I wouldn't. I would have questions for anybody else, but for them, I know that they're handling it well. Yeah. So, um, so 
our topic this week. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's crazy that we've gone this long. There's so much to talk about and like just so much to nerd out about. Um, but we do have to get down to the uh, the meat of the show, the uh, the controversial uh, game, if you will, um, that is going to drive the rest of this episode here on out. And uh, this may break out into a debate. This may be pretty civilized. I don't know. It depends on what Jacob says in his voicemail here that I'm about to play. But we are going to be talking all about Donkey Kong 64. DK64. Um, Marty, I'm sorry I can't be on here to debate with you, but I'm sure Josh will do some justice here. However, you know, I probably would surprise some people. Just my thoughts real quick on Donkey Kong 64. Um, guys, I have a lot of nostalgic memories for this game. That's why I'm really bummed I'm not on this episode. Uh, I remember getting it for Christmas that year or the year it came out. I remember seeing the commercials with the watermelons and, and like the they had rampage to the city streets. Guys, I love the, I, I really do love this game. Like I have it has a special place in my heart. However, I will also admit, like, as much as I think Vance Kazooie is a masterpiece and does everything Mario sixty four does it better, Donkey Kong sixty four does way too much. It goes over the top. Um they just had too much switching between the Kongs. Um, too many things to collect. Like, it was just over the top. And you had to be certain Kongs to collect certain colors of bananas and coins. It can get frustrating. Um, so unfortunately, as much as I do enjoy this game, because I, I don't think it's a, it's not a bad game as a whole. There's a lot of good in there. They just think, I just think they did, they've had too much that made it, that weighed it down to make it a great game. And, um, I really feel like this is the game that, made people get tired of 3D platformer collectathons for a while because we went this is where we started to get into a season of where that stuff started to slow down and die out and not be as popular. So uh, that's just my two cents on Donkey Kong 64. I wish I could be on again. Um, it'd be really fun, especially with Marty on. Uh, love you, Marty. Sorry I can't join you today. But um, guys, enjoy the episode, and um, I will hopefully be back sometime soon talk to you later bye oh i love him too <laughs> so uh you heard it from him uh donkey kong 64 single-handedly ended the 3d platformer collectathon <laughs> it is responsible <laughs> so uh oh nice you have the cart uh nice yellow cart that's probably the coolest thing about that game 
So Donkey Kong 64, um, my experience with it is very, very limited. Like Jacob made me sit down one day in, in the past like few months and play multiplayer with him while he kicked my butt, you know, <laughs> well, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's about all I have to pull off of. I don't know what single player is like. Um, I was like wanting to get this as a kid because I thought it was just another Donkey Kong country, but it didn't have country in the name. So I thought, well, maybe it's not. Not that it's something else, and I couldn't imagine what it would be like to swing through trees in a 3D landscape. You know, I was like, I, I don't know. And then I heard like weird things about like guns and like I don't know, just off the wall stuff. And like, I don't know if this game is really something I'm going to enjoy. So I, that's about as far as my experience goes. Um, I know uh, Marty has played a little more than me, uh, just a few hours more. And then uh, Josh has played the game inside and out, so he knows uh, pretty good, pretty good stuff about it. Um, but uh, we're going to get into a bit of what drove Marty to put the game down so quickly, and then also what uh, kept Josh playing. Yeah, so uh, I remember, I'm like Jacob, I got this game for Christmas the year it came out. Um, of course, I'm a little bit older than Jacob. I was getting this as a college student. Uh, I would have gotten this. I just looked up a release date on the game so that I could say this correctly. November 22nd, 1999. Uh, so I got it for Christmas of 99. I was 19 years old. Uh, and uh, I believe this came out after Ocarina of Time. Am I correct in that? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. So um, Ocarina of Time w was just magnificent uh, at the time. Um, I remember going to getting that over Thanksgiving. I remember pre-ordering at Walmart. I remember getting the, the, the version with the golden cartridge, right? The, the, like the limited edition pre-order yeah. bonus. Uh, I remember coming home for Thanksgiving break, my freshman year of college and picking that game up before even I even went to my parents' house and diving in and just being blown away. But when I'm talking about Ocarina of Time, we're talking about Donkey Kong 64. Uh, I had high hopes for this game because I love... Contrary to what anybody believes, because of what I've said on Nintendo Dads or any other podcast, I loved the Donkey Kong Country series. Absolutely loved it. Some of my favorite platforming games of all time because of the love and care put into those games, because of the way it, it uh, revived the character of Donkey Kong and, and brought in all his friends and different things like that. In fact, I, I still to this day think that Donkey Kong Country 2 is in my top 10 games for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. All right? I, I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, the the and I, and I will say, too, that the, the underwater music from Donkey Kong Country 1 is some of my favorite video game music of all time. Just so good. So yes. it's iconic. A lot of music from, from the Donkey Kong Country series, it's, it's iconic. Like, you know it as soon as it comes on. Like, yep. that's Donkey Kong Country. What I found when I put Donkey Kong Country 64 into my my Nintendo 64, though, uh, was that I immediately, you know, within a couple of hours of starting it up and playing it, I was not in love with it like Donkey Kong Country uh, at all. Um, I found the I found it to be frustrating uh, control wise. I found it to be frustrating with the camera. 
Uh, I, I'm like Jacob. I did not like the, the having to switch back and forth between all of these Kongs so much. And, uh, there's like, I, I am not the biggest fan of collect-a-thon games, but I can play them and I can enjoy them. In fact, I'm playing ukulele in the impossible layer right now and I'm loving it. Um, slowly making my way through it. But, um, I felt like Donkey Kong 64 threw way too much stuff at you way too soon. And it was a little bit frustrating thinking, well, I can't get that. I can't get that. I can't get that. How am I going to get that? You know, it just seemed like every time I turned around, there was something new that it was showing me that I couldn't get yet. But that meant I was going to have to backtrack way far, you know, later on in the game to get. And so after, you know, about nine or 10 hours of that back then, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to put it down. Yeah. And I never picked it back up. It was just, uh, it was not for me. And I know that I've called it all kinds of things like a garbage fire and all kinds of other stuff like that. But, um, partly because, I mean, like I, like, I think it's what it comes down to is disappointment. Like I did not get the, the feeling nostalgias from it. Like I did Donkey Kong country. And, uh, like I'll still to this day go back and replay those Donkey Kong Country games and dive into them and have a great time. I tried to play Donkey Kong 64 on the Wii U uh, last in the last couple of years for one of our Retro Rewind episodes when that came up, and I, like I just had to come back and be like, guys, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't make myself do it. But like I had forgotten. Um, that King K. Rule was in this game. I had forgotten mm-hmm. that he had the, like the big floating fortress. I had forgotten about all of that uh, until I played it again. And so, like, I love the the idea of the story. It's just that uh, I think this is one of those games that, like, there is there is such a need for this game to get a remake. Yeah. Uh, especially with the way 3D games are today. Now, the way that 3D gaming is made today, I think this would be a fantastic game. And I think they would they would take what they've learned and tweak it and make it a really enjoyable experience. You know, like if, if they could add to it and have like the the camera style of Super Mario Odyssey and the control of Super Mario Odyssey in this game, it would be top notch. Yeah. But there were just so many things that took me out of the experience of enjoying the game that I just and I, I never I never picked it back up. And I think I'd be in that camp, too, if I actually played it. Like, it would be one of those things, like, you expect Donkey Kong Country, and you get this, and it's like, it almost ruins Christmas for you, in a, in a way, um, if as far as that goes. Um, that's Thankfully, like I got other things for Christmas, so, I mean, like, <laughs> right? It just seems like such a, a different shift, and it's, like, interesting why they chose to do that. And, and that, that was their stab at bringing something into a 3D space. Um, interesting choices. Um, it did have... Again, the collectathon, it got to the ridiculous point at that point for it. Sounds like like you had to go several, sometimes even three times backtracking through something to get everything, which doesn't sound fun. Uh, even so, some games can pull it off really well if, if done well, but the pacing seemed off from what I'm hearing from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Josh, what kept you playing this game? Like, what are your first experiences with it? And like, other than your obsessive love with rare like what what really drove you to to play this game and to like it 
Okay, so I guess there's a lot to say. I'm trying to think of the best order to go at this one. <laughs> so I, I, I too got it. I guess that Christmas of '99. I was in fifth grade at the time, um, and and I guess just anything that I noticed was made by Rare, even at that point. I usually in my what was usually my cup of tea, so to speak. And it was just a year after Banjo Kazooie came out. I love that one. I still love that one. Um, you know, three platformers are my kind of thing. So I got it and loved it. Um, I really trying to think back to then, I can't remember anything that I didn't like, like now I'll look at it and maybe it's because of the internet (laughs) has, has helped me see some of its problems. And I have went back and played it some and, you know, that's helped me realize some of it as well. But I, I mean, I still really enjoy it. Um, like Jacob said, and a lot of people do say there's a little bit too much. And I, I don't even know if it's that there's too much as just the way it flows sometimes can be a little bit odd, like trying to switch characters constantly, but then having to go back to the other character to sort of finish the mission you were doing, you know, like you're you're breaking through a wall with you need Donkey Kong to shoot this coconut wall but then you need chunky to punch next wall (laughs) so Mm -hmm. just to get to like one golden banana if that makes sense like it's just it's a little too convoluted and but then you have to have this move with this character and each character has to go to cranky to learn you know their own respective moves every character has to go to funky to get their gun separately and they have to have their separate coins I, I, there was a lot that I liked about it, but again, it's just, it, it got a little bit too cumbersome, a little bit too just clustered together, just kind of doing the same thing with every character in different so, ways. So at this point, I need a little bit more clarity on like, so this is a collectathon. Um, is this stuff that's required to beat the game or is it just extra stuff like extra unlocks and things like that or bonus content? You can, I honestly can't remember what like the minimum amount of golden bananas is basically like these stars from Mario 64, so to speak. Okay. And I, I can't remember the minimum amount you can get away with. There's 201 total. Now I've, I've gotten all 201, but I can't remember. It might be like half of that, that you can actually beat the game with. Okay. Um, there's also an, just to kind of add on the pile, there's also an N64 and a Rareware coin that you have to collect to get, like, in the last area. Um, but that's that's sort of a whole other thing. Like, you have to beat a certain score in the original Donkey Kong arcade that you can unlock in it to get one of them. And Is the game ge- optional? Huh. An optional extra stage at the end or post-game content, in a way? I think those are actually required if i remember right it's oh, been okay. a couple of years since i've actually beat it um it's cool that the original arcades in the game though yeah like that's that part's kind of surprising where in a lot of cases you end up playing the the nest port of donkey kong like okay. it's the actual arcade version in this game that was possibly the first time i played the arcade version um and the game jetpack is in it as well if you've heard of that um which was made by, shoot, I should know the name. Is it, uh, oh, crud, I can't think of it. Well, anyway, it was an old rare game when they were called something else. Um, but but anyway, yeah, I, I kept playing just, 
I don't know if it was just me being a, a kid at the time and, you know, just my somewhat being obsessed with the, the series up to that point as it was that kept me going or what it was. But I didn't have much of a problem not wanting to continue. Um, mm-hmm. I also had a lot more time on my hands at that time. Now, um, now what, was and you, yeah, being a fifth grader, you know, like you said, you were in fifth grade, correct? Yeah. Okay, so you know that's that's a time like maybe watching a lot of cartoons. Did they have the Donkey Kong cartoon running at the same time as this game, or was it was that something that backed that hype? Um, it's a little fuzzy, and okay, it's like okay. even then I I knew that wasn't a great show, but I did watch it just because it was Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, but I actually do think it was around the same time period, from what I remember. Okay. Um. Granted, it, it was handled differently, like the storyline, the characters and things like that were more very roughly based around country. Yeah. Where Donkey Kong 64, like like he was mentioning a little bit ago, it's definitely different than the country games. Um, it's got a different feel. It's got a different sort of story. The music, um, for one, in Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2 at least, the music's done by David Wise, and I think that's... It's almost like a third pillar to those games where like it just fits so well with the atmosphere. And this one's done by Grant Kirkhope. And those are my two favorite gaming composers, but they are they do sound quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one little thing. I mean, you turn the game on and it starts out with a DK rap. And so I already feel like from the get go, it, it's not taking itself quite as seriously as those as the country games did. Yeah, um, it's got more of a cartoony sort of thing going on with it. Um, now Donkey Kong Country 3 was was actually a different composer altogether, but um, I, but I yeah. actually skipped Donkey Kong Country 3. Um, just played just a little bit of it, and I, I didn't like having I didn't like the Kitty Kong. Um, but I was like, maybe Donkey Kong 64 is going to be great. Um, and I started hearing some things like Donkey Kong has like a gun. I'm like, what? <laughs> why? Why does Donkey Kong need a gun? This seems dumb. <laughs> and it's like, why? It, I don't know. In a lot of ways, like when I hear people talk about this game, it's like they just jumped the shark with this one and like went completely like overboard. I think some of it was the time period. Like uh, oh, it was 99. So I think it's kind of one of those things where like, the bigger, the better, like the bigger it is, the better it sounds or the more characters you can play as and that sort of thing. From what I understand, even um, or at least from what I've heard, that wasn't the original direction they wanted to go with this. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be like a Mario 64 or a Banjo-Kazooie, so to speak, but more of and again, this is just what I've heard, but more of almost like Crash Bandicoot where it's 3D, but it's more linear like you know it's got the beginning and the end sort of thing um i don't know how true that is but and then they ended up just kind of going back to this style Hmm. um but yeah and it's funny too because it's right in between banjo kazooie and banjo tooie and because kazooie just came out in 98 and it's got a lot less fat to it if that makes any sense um yeah um does this game feel like it was just filler for the sake of filler or was the game actually short and they had to put filler in to extend it? Um, kind of how I mentioned before, a lot of what's there, I do like um, a lot of the puzzles and things like that. Even the mini games I feel like are mostly pretty good in this, but 
I don't I don't really know if I can call it filler. It's just like I said, the the way it flows just sort of slows it down. Like there's a, I feel like there's a lot of stop and go because you're having to swap a lot. You're having okay. to go in each shop with each Kong a lot. Um, if it wasn't for that, I feel like that would fix a lot. I'd be curious to see if someone has broken down, like, how long the game would be if you took out, like, all the filler and just did kind of like a a quick run through the story, like, what that would be like or the, the events that happened. Um, it'd be kind of interesting. Uh, now, did either of you play any, like, multiplayer or mini games or anything like that um, outside of this? Um, I didn't like play I said, any of the multiplayer, no. That's my experience was the multiplayer, so... Um, I didn't have anybody to play it with. Okay. Now, I played it some with... Go ahead. Josh, so you have played it. Um, is this is multiplayer like the single player and how it controls and everything? Is it pretty much just faithful, like, it controls the same, where... I don't know, almost felt like a third-person shooter in some ways when I played it. It's it's been a little while since I've played the the multiplayer, but kind of not really like I feel like if from what I remember, at least the the shooting portions of the multiplayer, the camera was a little different, like it was a little more fixed. I could be Mm -hmm. a little off on that, but somewhat only. Let me think here with multiplayer, you could get out of you could put your gun away, couldn't you? So, yeah, it it does feel it does feel pretty similar. Um, I, I don't feel like you, you use your gun as much in the single player game as you do in multiplayer, so to speak. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of the same. Now, the goal, of course, isn't the same. Multiplayer, I think, is just sort of more of a deathmatch sort of thing. Um, but the controls themselves are basically the same thing. Now, I, I guess before I forget, actually speaking of that, the mini games, especially. Um, I would not recommend trying the Wii U version of it because I feel like it made things worse and more difficult. Um, particularly some of the mini games I noticed, um, and Banjo Kazooie has this problem on Xbox as well, is the way it's emulated. Like on the N64, Rare took into account the slowdown um, for one in cutscenes, but also in some of the mini games, like it's way more difficult than it needs to be on the Wii U. And going back to Banjo-Kazooie as well, like the cutscene will get way ahead of the music on the Amila, on the newer versions of them. Um, it, it's it's like it's going a lot faster than what it thinks it should be, <laughs> um, if that makes sense. So it, it made some things more difficult, and the controller just doesn't feel as good. Like trying to maneuver the camera, it's already not a great camera to begin with. <laughs> But the way the stick feels on, like, the Wii U Pro Controller versus the 64 one, you know, it's got the little, whatever you want to call that, the little edge things. <laughs> um, it just doesn't feel as good. So I, I feel like that made it even worse, and maybe that also didn't help. Like, I feel like it's it's a pretty popular one to, to bring up and kind of complain about. Like, I'm not saying it's a bunch of bandwagoners, but I, I just feel like in recent years it's come up more like, oh, this is pretty bad. And I, I feel like the Wii U version didn't do it any favors. So I I got some experience from what K. Rule is up to from Smash Brothers, you know, in Ultimate uh, with with the uh, the blast, uh, the blast of Matt. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 
Um, and like, it gives me an idea. Like, you know, he's destroying Kong Island. I'm guessing, or that's like the. I'm guessing that's a game over screen thing. Yeah, so that's the goal. I mean, he it, it actually goes pretty well with the country stories, at least the first two, especially because at that point, I don't know if you've made it to the end of two. I guess I can spoil it since it's however old it is now. But um, they destroy his island, so this is sort of a revenge thing. Okay. Um, and then like him stealing the banana horde and stuff is almost just sort of a side part of the story. Yeah, and and. Jacob has touched on in, at length how Carol uh, gets progressively more insane, and, and by he '64 he's he's quite off his rocker. Um, now that does bring a point. Like Mar- Marty, did you get much chance uh, playing in any of the boss fights? Like, did you play a couple of them? Uh, do you remember doing anything like that? Uh, you know, like I I think I'm pretty sure that in that. Um, in that nine or 10 hours of it, that I played originally that I did play uh, a boss fight, but I like, I don't remember it all that much. Okay. So it's not as memorable as say, you know, Donkey Kong country, like two going up against. Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, I can still remember those guys. Like I still remember fighting the big uh, sword in Donkey Kong country too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then what was it? The, it was like Necky, but he had like a hat, pirate hat or something. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. It came back for that one. That's pretty cool. Um, so, Josh, uh, of the bosses, um, was there anything that really stood out to you that you remember most? Uh, I mean, you've played the most of here, so. Kind of kind of two offhand. Um, just to kind of skip to the end first, the K roll fight at the end is pretty cool. Um, you have to go through five rounds with one round with each Kong, um, like in a big boxing ring. Like, it's a little bit silly because it is like the big final battle with them. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing plays out a little bit goofy, but it's pretty cool how it plays out, and everybody has a different strategy. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it by any chance, and I, I know it's old. I'm still trying not to ruin the entire thing. But one of the one of the really funny parts is you shoot the um, the lights – off of the the stage, I guess, so to speak, up top, mm-hmm. and you drop them on his head. So he's, like, running around with a light on his head for the next round when you're, uh, I think you're lanky at that part. And so that's kind of funny. They get it off of him, and then Tiny turns real small, and you have to go in in one of his shoes, <laughs> and you, like, shoot his toes. <laughs> it's as weird as it sounds, but... But in all in all, the the fight's actually pretty fun. Um, It's a little lengthy, but I don't really mind it for the last for the final fight. Um, Outside of that, there's actually a boss that you end up fighting twice with two different characters. It's a big dragon, like literally a dragon fly kind of thing. And he's pretty cool. Um, You fight him with Diddy and then he crawls back out of the lava when you're chunky a couple of levels later. And he's pretty he's pretty cool. Um, Um. Some iconic things that we know, like, are there animal buddies in this game? Yeah, there's uh, there's Rambi and Ingard. Oh, boy, I think that's it. Um, But you actually like you don't ride them in a level, so to speak, like through the worlds. They're more for like real set areas or or mini games. Um, But they're usually pretty fun. I remember one mini game in particular with Rambi. 
they just drop you in an arena and you're taking out like naughties or, you know, the beavers. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're just seeing how many of those you can rack up certain amount of points and stuff. That one's kind of simple, but it's fun. I always enjoyed going into that and seeing if I could combo a new high score and everything. So you also mentioned a tiny, a tiny Kong who could shrink. So in Donkey Kong country games, uh, they ha- oh, each bring their own unique, like abilities. Um, you know, Donkey Kong's bigger, um, but he can take out the bigger baddies. Whereas Diddy Kong is a little bit more nimble, but can't take out the big fat ones. You know, um, even more so, it evolves even more with Dixie um, being able to do the the floating hair thing, um, and and throwing things with hair is kind of cool too. Um, I, I don't know as much about like Kitty Kong. In, in that aspect, but did they they really capture that with each of the characters? Each had their own unique skills and, and skill sets and things. Oh in, yeah, Kong sixty four. Yeah, and, on, and all five of them have quite a few moves that you learn over time. Um, <laughs> and I th- I think that's I'd say one of the better parts about it all. I mean, it can be a decent bit to remember, um, but they're all really unique in their own way. Like uh, Diddy Kong has his rocket barrel for the first time. Um, Chunky can turn huge, uh, just to name a few things offhand. Uh, Lanky has these really long arms, and I, I never felt like there was one Kong that I necessarily favored over all the rest of them, or one that was just like a drag to have to play as. Like, if you've ever played Sonic Adventure <laughs> that has like six characters, I really like the idea of a, of a lot of characters, especially, I don't want to get too off track there, but like Sonic Adventure 2, I feel like did it really right, but... Anyway, with Sonic Adventure, I feel like a lot of people didn't like like Big the Cat, for example, like when you'd have to go to his levels. But I don't feel like this game really has that. Like they all feel unique, but they're not so different that like you don't know how to walk properly anymore. <laughs> Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, for for me, like example, Donkey Kong Land Two um, and Country Two, of course, are pretty much the same game. Um, but I would always gravitate towards Dixie because she could do more. You know, there's a lot more you could do with that. I would always like want to have her. And I felt like she was the one that carried most of three um, just yeah. because I, I I felt like Kitty Kong was just a, a slower moving, bulkier like Donkey Kong, which I'd always want to play as Diddy Kong in the first game because of how fast he was. And I could do a lot more. I could do better platforming with that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I had less of control over DK because he was heavier and that bothered me. Um, so it's interesting to, to hear that they got the balancing with these characters right. Um, and, you know, we've seen some of these things like, you know, Diddy Kong getting a barrel, uh, like kind of like a little jetpack boost if if they're together with Donkey Kong and like and things like that where they work together and use their abilities. That's pretty cool. Um but it sounds like they did even more so with this game, giving them more skills and and each of their own unique ways of doing things. Um, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they did that. It seems like a, a great redeeming factor for this. Um, so you often have to use those skills to backtrack. Um, do you know of anything that's really like, that gives you like a replay value to it? Um, I know Marty, you kind of dropped off pretty quickly. Um, is there anything that right. you think would make you want to, to experience it? Or you think maybe that final fight sounds really, really cool and you'd like to maybe try that out? 
I, I do think the boss fights out of everything probably sound the most appealing. Um, by just hearing you talk earlier though, about like the, I, I bust through this wall with one Kong and now I have to come back with another one to break through the other one. And then another one to get to the banana. That is a super huge turnoff for me for this game. So, but the, the boss fights sound good. And like, again, if it was something that, you know, if it if it was something again where like it was it was to be remade and it were to have like it would be a little more streamlined. Like I'm thinking specifically of like you know when Nintendo made Wind Waker or remade Wind Waker for the Wii U and they were like we streamlined that part of the game that nobody really likes hmm. and we we made things a little bit easier to find and we did this and it's all quality of life improvements. If they did that then I'm, I'm on board. Like I would try this game again because I, I think the concept of it is interesting. I just think that the, the execution of it didn't, didn't work at all for me. Yeah. I, I think it also, I think part of it also just doesn't hold up as well. Like I, again, I don't feel like it was, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like I heard as many people like not like it back when it first came out. I don't know. Maybe maybe we've been spoiled at this point with <laughs> with better concepts. I don't know, but but yeah, I, I do feel like it would be a good one. That would be re- if if it was remade. I think they could trim off enough of the the junk or the fat without completely changing the game, and I think it would make it a, a good bit better. Interesting. Uh, it's interesting to hear this. Like normally, be like. We think like, oh, you know, graphically better, maybe some new mechanics and it. And we like to see it remade um, because like it was such a good game and they could do this to make it an even better game. But in this case, it's like it, it's it's a lackluster game or it's a slog and it would make it like a really, really good game if they did some small, minor quality of life tweaks and stuff, maybe some major tweaks in some areas, maybe. Um, but no, Nintendo has the free reign to do that, correct? I mean. They they don't have any ties to, you know, rare or anything like that. It's all Donkey Kong IP. Uh, there's no rare characters or anything they'd have to take out. Like in Diddy Kong Racing, you have to take out, you know, uh, have to take out Conker and uh, Banjo. So like, there's nothing like that in this Donkey Kong 64 game, correct? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't know that. Like, are are some of these Kongs not rare creations? Technically, they're all rare creations outside of Donkey Kong, but they even redesigned him. But they Nintendo has Nintendo owns the Kongs like that whole IP. So everything mm-hmm. K. Rule, Chunky Kong, or whatever, they should be able to do whatever they want to with them. Um, now, the the only thing I can think of is some of the, they would have to swap out like the one coin as a rare rare logo. Like they would have to replace that. Yeah. The, and the other thing would be the game Jetpack. Is I don't know how that would work because that's that's just rare. Um, so I, I mm. if they really wanted to, I guess they could go in and replace that with something of their own, and you, most people wouldn't know any better. Like a Mario versus Donkey Kong or something. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's the but, only problem I can really think of. I know with like Banjo Kazooie, when they put them on the Xbox, they replace the Nintendo logos with Microsoft and that sort of thing, which was a little sad to see. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it seems yeah. like a simple enough thing to be able to do, at least from the outside looking in. 
right. Well, if you want to hear like a ridiculously long conversation about Donkey Kong 64, I mean, you can always go over to uh, DK Vine uh, in the conversation. They will talk for hours about this stuff. So yeah. if you want more Donkey Kong 64 and you really like it, you have a nostalgia for it, or just want to learn more, definitely go over there and give them a listen. They're like definitive, like Donkey Kong everything. So yeah, they um, put out about a three hour and 15 minute episode four, well, four days ago or so today. So last week. Uh, so on this game so <laughs> they are no strangers to long episodes much like the nintendo dads <laughs> that's that is true uh we uh those 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 uh you know weekly two-hour episodes they're pretty routine for us over there why well you've learned why because i've been on this show and now uh you're you've probably listened to one of the longer nintendo nostalgias that's out there that's good. We always expect it to be a long episode when the, when the dads are on. So, yes, thank you. Um, so this is a good time. Uh, we're at the end of our episode. So go ahead and just kind of give your show a shout out, like uh, and what you guys are up to. OK, so, uh, yeah, you can find us. Uh, we have a website now. It's NintendoDads.org or at anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Nintendo Dads is there. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're on Spotify now. Or you can watch us on YouTube uh, on our channel, Nintendo Dad's channel, every Thursday night at uh, ten uh, or ten o'clock Central Time. Yes, that's it is late, but uh, we do that because of the varying time zones that we have to fit in and everything. And so uh, we just celebrated five years of podcasting uh, with our two hundred fiftieth episode. So we're working up from that. Uh, we just added a new host in our community manager, Tim Off who has been doing Discord and things for us over there. Uh, and he has been has been a fantastic addition, as well as uh, starting to stream on Twitch and do some different things over there that we weren't necessarily doing before. But, uh, yeah, you can check us out there. All of our social media is Nintendo Dads. And we record again on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Uh, and then the show comes out every Friday. So, um you can plug that into your podcast device, and we hope you will. Uh, the, the just the the I guess the general idea is Nintendo. We love we all love Nintendo, and we all love being dads, and so those worlds collide like a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> like, have you ever had? Have you, either of you ever had a grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Oh yeah, yeah. peanut butter and honey or, grilled. Yeah, like where it gets all sloppy and it's gooey and and it spills over the edges and but it's delicious. That's Nintendo Dads. We take we take dad being it we take fatherhood and Nintendo we mash them up and it's sloppy and goopy and delicious and sometimes it spills over the edges and it's a two hour episode and which is every week we put too much peanut butter in the peanut butter and jelly and you know, and yeah, top, so, top um, it off with a uh, maple syrup mousse. Yeah. I'm uh, please God. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, man, guys, I just want to say thanks for, for having me on the show again. I don't know how much I actually brought to this because like you were like, Hey, Dick, don't come six, four. How much have you played? Well, yeah, I'm about a day. I mean, that's that's, cause that's literally what it was back in the day. It was like, I, uh, it, I will say this. I'm going to add this because this is just kind of the discussion, and especially uh, what Joshua has been saying over there kind of caused this to bubble up. <clears throat> Excuse me. In me is that like, I had never up to that point um, had a, such a visceral um, 
dislike of a game mm-hmm. come up, like bubble up in me, like come up in me. And I was like, I, that was hard to wrestle with as a 19 year old. Like, cause I was like, I've never felt this way before. This is, I regret buying a game. What? You know, I, why did I ask for this? Now it's open and I can't take it back. And, and it was like, you know, I would go back to it and I was like, well, I'll give it one more try. You know, I'll, I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try. And I know, I know that there's probably a game like that for everybody. It's probably not Donkey Kong 64. It's probably lots of different games, but that's why I kept saying, I'm, I'm trying to learn some new vocabulary in my life. Uh, and just kind of a new way of thinking that it really, I guess I should have known was that, uh, I, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's bad. Right. So that's mm-hmm. why I say it's like, I didn't enjoy it or it didn't make an impression on me. It just didn't feel that way for me. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to go into 2020 here. Uh, right. Cause we're at the mm-hmm. end of 2019, trying to go into 2020 with more of a open mindset. You know, uh, one of our fans from the show sent me a copy of Donkey Kong uh, or Diddy Kong Racing yeah. uh, to play on our extra life. We didn't make that goal. I was sad about that. But it's going to, I hear, can I tell you a secret? It's going to happen. It's going to awesome. happen. Awesome. We're going to do it. Um, my son played it uh, for like 15 minutes after we went off the air because, like, while I was cleaning up and we we're getting ready to leave. And he thought it was was great fun. the The problem is is that for some reason, like I don't know why it did it. it like Mario sixty four worked on the stream, and because yeah. I had this HD converter, it worked on the stream. But Diddy Kong Racing wouldn't work huh. when the huh. stream was on. But when the stream was off and it was disconnected from my capture card, it worked fine. Weird. So that almost doesn't like, make yeah, sense. It doesn't make sense at all. I think that probably it all just needed a good hard reboot for everything, and then we mm-hmm. could have done it. Because uh, I was going to record some of it, and I was like, I'm going to just do it just for fun, just say thanks for people for supporting Extra Life and everything. And, uh, yeah, it, it just it would not work. I was <laughs> great. Oh, man. Great. I'm glad I didn't announce it. Uh, but one last thing I, I do want to throw out here is you, if you want to come over and hang out with us on our discord, you can do that. We, we do, it is our discord is locked for patrons and you can go over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads and like for a buck a month, you can come in and be uh, on the discard discord with us. And we, and we do that. Like we've caught some flack for that, but um, just to be honest between you guys and, and us, the reason we do that is because uh, we want to cultivate community who actually want to come in and be involved. Mm-hmm. And not just like, like so many video game communities that I'm a part of online have just devolved into a bunch of name calling and yeah. uh, just garbage, especially during the Pokemon Sword and Shield stuff. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and the, the cool part about the Nintendo Dads community is that we've been able to build something there that's really tight knit and really um, supportive of each other, supportive of each other as gamers, but also supportive of each other as dads. And so I'm not bashful about saying like that that's a good thing and that that's why we keep it behind a paywall. Yeah, we we, uh, so, we do a similar thing with ours our nostalgia chat where we make it a little harder to find. Um yeah. you have to be looking for like yeah. we, we'll announce it and say it exists, but you I mean you just got to you know go here yeah. click this you know, to join the right guy, right? You got uh, to want it. So, you got to want it. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you yep. got to want it. Uh, but man, guys, again, thank y'all for having me on the show. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it. I love your show. Like, 
because uh, <laughs> I'm a because because everybody knows from if, if you listen to the ads, I'm a retro guy at heart. And so this this is this show is my little dose of of happy every time it comes <laughs> out. And so I'm I'm super thankful for you guys. I'm flattered, man. Thank you. Yeah, we we love we love running the show and talking about nostalgia. So we're glad that the people love love what what we put out. So thank you. Definitely. All right, Josh. Did you want to plug your uh, your Twitter handle in there, or do you want to just go ahead and roll it into the credits? Uh, sure. Um, mine is at Whopper Seven Four Four Games. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty lengthy one. Sorry. <laughs> It's all good, man. Uh, you can find me at Metroid Hunter on Twitter um, and you can find the show. Uh, you can listen to us at uh, our home site at the Nintendo Village dot com slash Nintendo Nostalgia. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook at Nintendo NOS on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS. You can find us on our Instagram at Nintendo NOS IN and you can shoot us an email at Nintendo Nostalgia IN at Gmail dot com. Uh, there is a Patreon coming soon. Uh, we're looking into what's the best way to structure that for nostalgia's sake. And uh, you can always call in on our, our hotline, our NOS line, uh, at 317-969-5690. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later, Preston. Bye-bye.